It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome to Talk with Terry on the Divas That Care Network. I am your host, Terry Wright. Each week on Talk with Terry, my guest and I will discuss a special topic that is close to their heart. Together, we will explore topics that have a huge impact on our lives. Our mission is to share the wide range of strategies my guests have developed or utilized to make a difference. Welcome to Talk with Terry. Today, my guest is Mariceli Marte. Mariceli is a life coach helping women to overcome addictions. She's married with two children, Brandon and Serena, just recently moved from Florida to upstate New York. Our topic today is overcoming alcoholism. Welcome, Mari. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me here today. Um, it's a pleasure and I do this just, you know, for the glory of God, not for my glory, but for him. Amen. I love that. So, so let me ask you about your struggles with alcohol, depression, and anxiety. Oh, where can I start? Um, I guess you could say, I mean, I, I grew up in church and I was Pentecostal. So that's a different, uh, this is a different, uh, religion altogether, if I can say that. And growing up as a very strict home, I didn't really have a relationship with Christ. So I guess after I got married, my first marriage, because I'm remarried, so I'm a divorce. I got divorced. I So within my first marriage, I kind of started learning or started picking up habits and drinking and overcoming uh, my anxiety and my depression, I actually started looking into the alcoholism as part of, uh, I guess, my codependency. I guess it was my codependent. So I, it was many years. I drank maybe very heavily for more than 16 years. Okay. Um, so it became a uh, part of who I was. It was a a lifestyle that I chose and pretty much I was 90% of the time I was always drunk so I guess I was like on a functioning alcoholic if you want to say that mm-hmm. yeah and did that how did that affect your family Madi um it, it was kind of hard. I, like I said, I, it's been, it was a lot of years of depression, anxiety. I didn't know how to overcome any of these um, issues. I didn't know who to go to because if you are a Pentecostal woman, you don't really talk about these things. You know, these things are the things that they were simple. You can't share this with no one. So I was kind of uh, isolated. I isolated myself to the point that I didn't know how to even tell anyone that I had a problem. So with so many years of struggles, um, 
I remarried 2014. And when I remarried back in 2014, I actually thought that I was going to change, but I didn't. I just got a little bit worse into the 2014. That's when I say I hit rock bottom. And um, that's when I was actually uh, institutionalized mentally. And I, that's where I had to start fighting for my family. Um, coming out of the alcoholism, I had to take a lot of different steps. So coming back from that, I was at the hospital about three to four days. And coming back home, that's when I had to make a decision to either continue going where I was going or to change my lifestyle. And this was during your, as soon as you met your new husband and after you got married that's when you were institutionalized it was um maybe a few months within our marriage i want to say we probably dated a month and a half so he didn't know that i was an alcoholic he just thought that i drank heavily and that i partied too much or something uh, but it was something that he was not aware of. oh okay so did um were you still in the pentecostal religion did were you practicing I actually, I did that for many years. I kind of did the double life. You know, you go to church and then you go home and you do whatever you go home. Then you go back to church and you pretend like everything is fine. Mm -hmm. So I did that for many years. I did that for more than 10 years. Nobody had an idea. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like living a double life. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely lying to everyone all the time. And uh, pretty much that's what I did. And it was not a healthy lifestyle, to be honest. Yeah. And so what about your support system? Did you have a support system at all? Um, in the beginning of all of this, I didn't have a lot of close friends that I could trust. I didn't even have friends that I could say, hey, I don't know what to do here. Uh, once I got divorced, that circle became even smaller because you're not supposed to get divorced. You know, that's kind of like the exile. Um, you're definitely out, you know, this is, this is it. You can't continue coming to church or they're going to look at you funny. Um, so no, I didn't have a support system at all. I didn't confine, not even in my parents or in my mom or nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so you didn't have a close relationship with Christ whenever you turned to alcohol. No. Um, so were, were you looking for some sort of outlet with alcohol? Um, I guess you could say that. I maybe it was about 26 or 27. It was my first time going to uh, a club, if you want to say that's a nightclub. Uh-huh. When it all started, um, it started from there. I started just having a drink, going out with friends or the cousins, and I've never been in that environment before. So going through something like that, that became my new normal life. That was who I became. I, I was pretty much out of the church. I stopped going just because I felt guilty and I didn't feel like it was okay for me to continue going to church. So I just took my kids, but I wasn't part of the church. I would just go, stay there, wait for them. And that was what I did for many years too. 
Wow. So, so you would drop your kids off at church and then wait for them to finish either the sermon or Sunday school and then leave? Well, I had to be there a lot of the time. So I would just stay there in the service with them, even though mm-hmm. I wasn't practicing, but I would still stay because I felt like, okay, if I'm here, I got to make sure that I stay with my kids. Um, even though I couldn't control myself because I didn't have any self-control in any of that. But the only thing I could control was my kid's life. That was something that kind of helped me out a little bit. Right. And so, um, so basically you built up a wall because you felt guilty mm-hmm. while you were sitting in the, the service. Yeah. The entire time. And I went through that, wow, 16 years. Wow. Nobody, nobody at all. Nobody knew. Maybe they saw me <laughs> clubbing. They probably saw, hey, look at the crazy Maricelis here. Because <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember half of the stuff I was doing back in the days. A lot of people look at me now. They're like, well, you drank away. That's not you. Um, and yes, I was a totally different person. Um, it even affected my kids' relationship. Um, I didn't have a good relationship. I didn't have a solid relationship because I didn't know what a relationship was. Um, mm-hmm. Meeting, and it's not like my parents were horrible people because they were, you know, very dedicated people. Uh, my mom was Christian. Uh, they worked very hard for us. They provided everything. But as a Latina, we have this um, thing that we don't really talk about certain things. You just kind of, okay, you don't talk about that. That's not part of the conversation. That's not who we are. We don't have depression. We don't go by anxiety. Uh, that's from the devil. That's actually uh, a demon that you have. So those are the things that I kind of kept quiet because I didn't want to be labeled by nobody. Mm-hmm. So you kept things compartmentalized. You kept them in their nice, tidy, neat little boxes until it festered to the point where you had to be institutionalized. Yes. Wow. So, so how strong was the draw to alcohol for 16 years? I mean, was it something that you needed? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. I guess at first it was just having fun. I Mm -hmm. kept going out and just partying. Uh, My ex-husband, he worked a lot of nights. So, our marriage wasn't going very well in the beginning anyways. So it wasn't a, like a godly relationship because we didn't have a godly marriage. So we kind of influenced each other on the drinking. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much just took me to this spiral where I would, in the morning, I would put it in my coffee or I would carry little bottles in my purse Um, Then I started doing marijuana, then I started doing speed, and whatever I could get my hands on just to forget about my problems, because there was a lot of problems in my marriage. Uh And we weren't allowed to get divorced again. So I was, I felt stuck. I felt unhappy. And that's where I decided, well, this is my lifestyle. I go to church. Nobody's going to know about this. So I don't need to tell the ex-husband about this, um, but he he was a part of the big influence in drinking, unfortunately. Right. 
And it was a, it was a spiral because that was that coping mechanism that helped you mask all of those, those horrible feelings because you felt guilty. Yes. Going to church and wow. Yeah. And then you finally hit rock bottom. So how did you overcome this addiction, Madi? That wasn't easy. <laughs> um, I mean, coming out of this, I'll be honest, it was November 5th, 2014. My current husband had to go and travel for work. And at that time, I was still struggling because I didn't have a good relationship. I didn't know what it was to be married anyways. I didn't know how to be a wife. Uh, imagine 16 years being a crazy woman and then more than 12 years I was single. Well, single, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have any respect for relationship. I didn't have respect for men. Mm -hmm. And my husband has stepped out. That weekend I decided that you know, I was going to get even with my husband because I saw something and it was just my mind. That's why we have to be so careful. And I had to learn that we have to feed our mind with the word of God. And because I was so lost, I didn't have any clue what I was doing. I decided that I was going to go and drink at 11 o'clock a.m. That Sunday, I didn't get home to like maybe 730. I don't know how I got home. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I guess the hardest part was that I attacked my kids that night. Um, my kids were very afraid of me. I guess I hit my daughter and, and my son. Um, they called my mom. My mom came over. She was trying to calm the situation down. But if I was messed up with drugs, mm -hmm. alcohol, I was totally gone. So whatever happened that night, I don't remember to this day. And that was when I was taken in that night. And that's more than likely a blessing in disguise for you, Mari. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So coming back home, that was the hardest. That's when, you know, you got to fight these urges. Because um, I know that God, you know, he could have, Christ could have just fixed the problem like that for me. He would have said, okay, you're no longer going to have any desires. But to be honest, it's taken six years for me to six years of a progress um, to grow from and to change, to build a relationship with my kids. Because since that time, there was no relationship after. Uh -huh. So when my son saw me that night, he said, mom, you turn into this monster. And that's when I text, I guess I kind of told him, oh, I hate you. I wish you were never born. So all those ugly things came out. I don't remember. And still today, he carried that. So, he, you know, even though he was maybe 15 years old, 16 at the moment, um, I had to come and face that. Oh, my husband was still out of town. He wanted to come back, but I said, no, this is something that I have to face. Um, I have to go through this. I have to stay in the hospital. Uh, I'll see you when you come back, and we'll work from there. Mm -hmm. But when I got home, that was the hardest to face my kids. Uh, my daughter didn't want to come back. I actually hit her and I bruised her. 
I don't remember any of that. Um, to be honest, I kind of heard the whole entire story last year by my mom. Um, they never shared. And still today, they cannot speak about that night. So that's where I'm at today. I'm back in upstate New York. You know, my kids did live with me. They were 18. They were both, they both decided because they're like 15 months apart. Mm -hmm. Both decided to move out when the time came. And when they moved out, that's when I really had a struggle uh, with a lot because I still couldn't stop drinking. I, I stopped for a year. And mm -hmm. when uh, 2015, I kind of developed a support system for myself, um, a private Facebook group for women. And from there, uh, that's when the healing started for me. Um, it wasn't easy. It was a lot of dedication, a lot of discipline, a lot of things that I had to get rid of, a lot of friends, a lot of hangouts. I couldn't go to certain bars. Uh, so even today, I, I could say that I'm a year and six months sober. So it's been That's six amazing. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that you and your children had to go through this, but Maddie, I know you are a very godly woman and you're utilizing your story now to bless others. And that's what's amazing, using your testimony um, to impact other people's lives. And so can we talk a little bit about your group and how you help others? Um, yeah. Uh, again, I started that 2015, not knowing what, I, I didn't know what I was doing at first. I just did it just to post things, how I felt, how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so every day I started posting um, things like about life, you know, how do I feel today? What's going today? God, why is this happening? God, I don't understand this. So I guess women started to uh, sympathize with me maybe, or, or they started just having the, that, that connection. At, mm -hmm. at first, you know, they felt horrible because it's, it's a horrible story. And mm -hmm. then they kind of started connecting because of certain things that we all go through. It could be something similar. It could be something, an addiction with something. It could be a problem at home with a marriage. It could be so many different things, even a relationship with your children. So I started using my life experience as a, my testimony. Um, so I had to face that a lot, knowing my identity. I didn't know who I was. So I had to learn first my identity, so that means I had to go back, face my past. I had to heal that wound. Then I had to align my entire life. I had to align everything, and I had to find a purpose for this whole group. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And that's when um, I developed that. And today, I want to say there's about 2,080-something ladies in there. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. And so what gave you the determination to do this? I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, I still don't know because I was not comfortable doing that. I, I wasn't even present there. I would just post things every morning. 
So I made it my determination that I was going to do that in the morning, at noontime, and at, in the evening. So I went through that emotion in 2015, then 2016. That's, I, I guess that's when I started being present or I started talking about what happened. Mm-hmm. And I started developing things for the group, you know, book club, to meet other women. I, <clears throat> I met them personally and they started reaching out to me. I did a, my first conference in 2019. So it was about deliverance. So it was all about, you know, the healing, who I was, how I came out from that deliverance, the steps, the discipline I had to take because uh, an addiction person, um, you might lose an addiction, but you might grab something else. So we have to be very careful with that. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a lot of searching within. Um, and still today, I didn't know what coaching was. I want to say maybe two years ago, it was when I started being interested in coaching. What is this? I became a wellness coach just to help myself to lose weight, to be, have a better healthy lifestyle. And then I kind of saw, oh, wait a minute, what is this life coaching? So that's when I started learning about it and I became a life coach and I started doing it um, privately mm-hmm. with some women. And then a lot of things happened within that process. You know, um, I almost got divorced from my husband and that's when everything kind of shifted and we had to work in our marriage. So we started working in our marriage through Facebook. Um, so there's a lot of things that we implemented in our lives. So he became a marriage coach and I became a marriage coach. So we started helping each other out and my husband was not saved. And I want to say that in 2018, he accepted Christ. Oh, amazing. So he got, yeah, he got baptized last year. Uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big long story. I just kind of. Oh, there's always joy in the journey, Madi. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Well, it has been a true pleasure, and I'm super glad that you came on this yes. program. And I would love to have you back at some point in time. Awesome. Is there a, a lasting thought or a favorite quote that you would like to share with the audience today? Yeah, um, there is something that actually helped me through, and that was um, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So I had to have faith and confidence that God was going to lead me through all of this. Amen. That is, that is a beautiful verse. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Maudie. Um, A true inspiration to continue pressing on through life. And, you know, God, God can move mountains in anybody's life. Yes, he can. So thank you for joining me for this episode. I wish each and every one of you much love and blessings. Tune in for next week's episode. Well, Divas, that brings to a close another great, inspiring interview on Talk with Terry. Thank you to my amazing guest for sharing your thoughts and wisdom with our listeners. Divas, if you would like to connect with us, go to 
divasthatcare.com. Here, you will also find many amazing episodes from many wonderful and inspiring people. Don't be shy. Reach out and let me know if you have any questions or ideas. Or hey, just leave me a comment. Thank you once again for listening to Talk With Terry. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.